Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... Don't get obsessed with having the right business structure, but really focus on what your purpose, your values are, and where you're going to get customers, who's going to pay to keep this enterprise running. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 269 of Impact Boot. My name's Indio Miles and I'm passionate about communicating the initiatives and enterprises causing sustainable and positive change globally. Today we're speaking with Teresa Brown. Teresa has worked in the community sector as a community development manager and service development manager for over 20 years in both local government and not-for-profit organizations. She is also the founder of Play It On, a social enterprise that provides funding to assist children from families that are financially challenged to play their chosen sport through the collection and sale of new and used sporting equipment. Play It On offers development and learning pathways to young people with disabilities through preparation of the e-commerce side of the business and also advocates enthusiastically for the circular economy. Teresa has an honours degree in social inquiry and an MBA specialising in entrepreneurship and she studied with the School of Social Entrepreneurs. She also is the White Box Enterprises inaugural fellowship winner. Teresa is a founding member of SASEC the South Australian Social Enterprise Council and the newly elected chair of its first democratically elected board. She believes the power of supportive, connective and skill-building networks can have a tangible influence on the endurance of a social entrepreneur. Teresa, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. I'm happy to be chatting with you. Excellent. So, to start off, could you please share a bit about your background and what led to your work in social enterprise? Yeah, absolutely. Well, straight after school, I sort of went into early childhood education and worked there for a while before um, travelling and living in South Korea. And I guess for me then I became quite more aware of a, a sense of social justice and how strong that was in Australia. And it led me wanting to learn and study more about that. So I came back and studied at Adelaide University looking at a Bachelor of Social Inquiry and started to really look a lot deeper at some of the social injustice and what I wanted to do about that, which led me to working in the community side of local government for about 15 years. So a significant time I spent at Playford Council in the outer northern suburbs of Adelaide, and during that time from around the year 2000, had some really significant high levels of youth unemployment and knowing that we really wanted to tackle that I was involved in starting up a project called the Northern Sound System which was a youth engagement centre and it also had co-located youth support services 
And we had some really hard target income targets to meet. So there were there was a venue that had live gigs and recording studios and rehearsal space. So it was really my first entree into building significant income to balance the youth engagement services. So when I left council, someone mentioned to me that that was a great social enterprise you started up at Northern Sound System. And I went, oh, what's a social enterprise? I'd never heard of it. So decided in my year off to study more and studied with the School of Social Entrepreneurs in 2014 and 15. I was lucky enough to be in a national course, so we got to travel around Australia and visit lots of social enterprises in action, and that was the moment I was sold. I, I knew I had a bit of an idea about Play It On, and I certainly pursued it more through that course, and I guess you could say it was a bit of a, a slow burn in needing to go back to work and I, t- I changed after a while into working in the not-for-profit space but I had this burning desire to keep studying, play it on and I guess more time I spent specialising in grant writing and tender writing and service design, I kind of knew in my heart that I think social enterprise is a much more sustainable way to deliver on social impact without having to compromise your values or your purpose. Thank you for sharing your wonderful backstory there, Teresa. And now you're the founder and CEO of Play It On, and it's a social enterprise which provides financial support to Australian children so they can play the sport irrespective of their financial situation of their choice. So what have been some of the key challenges you face in running Play It On? And importantly, what have you learned from navigating your way through them? Yeah, well, a social enterprise is challenging to start with, but I was really preoccupied with making sure I was making the right decision about the business structure. And I guess I was really influenced in a way by my social planning background and needing to do lots of analysis and line everything up perfectly before starting, which is total opposite way that I should have started by just having a go and testing things and, and particularly testing to see if I had customers So I think realising that I was paralysis by analysis, as they say, I thought I'm going to uh, enter a kind of incubator in the hard world of startups and did a course called Venture Dorm through Flinders University New Ventures Institute. And there I was challenged to find my first 10 customers within the next six weeks. And that's what really worked for me because it didn't matter how much market investigation and research that I did, it was completely different from those first customers and the lessons that I learned from them. So yeah, I think that kind of advice to just get on, test the market, find your customers and then work out, you know, how your business will work from there is really important lesson that I got. And not so early on either, I must admit, was a couple of years in interesting challenges that you face there early on. And it's great to see how you've kind of moved and progressed through those and are now running Play It On. So if we're looking now in your role as chair of the South Australian Social Enterprise Council, or SASEC, what are your reflections on the movement that's happening there? And where are there opportunities to accelerate momentum? And how can people get involved in the social enterprise sector? Yeah, well, it's a really exciting time for South Australia. We spent probably two years with a forming board led by Sharon Zikovich and five women that were really focused on getting the governance structure in place to start the council. And we 
started looking for members probably around the end of last year and have built up that membership to the point where we've recently held our first AGM. We have a whole new board and I was elected chair, so we've got some exciting work to do. I guess Adelaide is much slower than the pace that we've seen in the eastern states. So we've managed to have some really great support, the networks interstate and particularly QSEC who've really helped us shape the way that we sort members and how the information that we use online to start to build our membership base. QSEC have been amazing support for us. We also don't have many intermediaries in Adelaide. So in terms of really building the capacity of the sector, we're looking probably at the support that we give each other within the network. We're really close and we've been able to support each other in practical ways. So we hope to build a lot more on that. There are a couple of intermediaries that have been really helpful. We're lucky to have social traders with Amy Orange in Adelaide, who's a great support, and also Collab for Good that are a great support for us as well. But one thing that we've been really excited about as we've been building that membership base is just realising how many female-led social enterprises have in Adelaide. In fact, we've got nearly three times the amount of male-led startup social enterprises. So we're really excited about that and we really hope to foster some of that interest. But we know that there's a lot of emerging social enterprises as well. So we hope to connect probably with the sort of more traditional not-for-profits that have social enterprises to really foster some of that learning with the emerging social enterprises that are signing up as well. So there's a lot of work that we need to do. We don't have any funding from our state government, so we'll be definitely advocating strongly to them to support the startup, both the social enterprise ecosystem, but also individual social enterprises with some startup funding because we know how challenging that can be for many social enterprises. But then there's also that next growth spurt that would be funded as well. We also think there's a fair bit of work that we can do in informing the philanthropic sector about social enterprise. Some of our early conversations have indicated that they're not quite sure what it is, how it works, what does social impact mean, why are you sometimes a not-for-profit and for-profit, so there's a lot of unpacking to do with that sector and we're hoping to really get some great backers that will stick with us for the long term and help build the ecosystem here. We know that we've actually got in South Australia some in some of our strengths are that we do love to network and go to breakfast and we have high rates of individual philanthropy and we love a good support network breakfast. So we're hoping to gather some momentum, I guess, with people that are willing to support us as a sector to grow as well as the social enterprises themselves. And I guess we've had to form close ties with more of the startup sort of tech community. It's not always been the greatest fit for a lot of social enterprises, but we're doing some work to kind of, I guess, influence and see more inclusion of social enterprise in that sector as well. That was a fantastic (laughs) answer. And it's truly wonderful to see that South Australian sector blooming really is the best way to put it. There's so many different programs that are going on there. So it will be exciting to see what happens in the future. So Teresa, from your experience and from all of these great programs that you're running currently or have run in the past, what would be the best piece of advice given to you that has always stuck with you? Well, I guess I kind of touched on it really is that don't get obsessed with having the right business structure 
but really focus on what your purpose, your values are, and where you're going to get customers, who's going to pay to keep this enterprise running. So the realisation that I got from listening to and then starting to chat with a guy called Adrian Ashton was that your business structure may need to change over time. And mine certainly has done that. I didn't expect, I guess, to get cash donations from schools to help with play it on to pass on to others. So I've had to adjust my business structure to suit that. But in the beginning, when I was very customer focused, it needed to be something different. So uh, this is the kind of question that new social enterprises come all the time. So I would say focus less on your business structure, focus more on customers than your purpose. Thank you so much for sharing that. And that leads really well because you mentioned there Adrian, Adrian Ashton. And now we're going to start talking about some inspiring projects or initiatives that you have come across recently, which are creating a positive social change. Yeah, well, I've got a, a really strong fond spot for a social enterprise in Adelaide called One Culture Football, our NDIS provider that will support people with disabilities by including them in, in sporting activities. But that all that work also funds the work that they do with new arrival communities. So it's really nice to see them take take advantage, but be opportunistic in the growth of NDIS to fund the work that's really hard to get funding for. I've also recently done the choreo course in circular economy and those girls are amazing in the course that they deliver and they're involved in so many amazing projects popping up in the circular economy it's such an exciting time to be involved in that and I found their work so inspiring it's really prompted me to do to do more and then you know as I touched on there's some great female-led social enterprises coming out of Adelaide and recently we saw three of them all win funding to further develop and grow their social enterprises through the Women's Leadership and Development Program. So that was the GoGo Foundation by Sarah Gunn, Community Corporate led by Carmen Garcia and the Inventorium led by Eddie. And they've all actually board members past and present of SASIC, Social Australian Social Enterprise Council. So, yeah, they're doing great things. Watch that space. A bunch of really fantastic initiatives. And it's great to hear that they came through SASIC. So that's really, really great. And to finish off now, we're looking at our last question. What books or resources would you recommend? So I touched on Adrian Ashton, who's from England, but does a lot of podcasting and blogging and has some really good sound advice for social enterprises so particularly around business structure startup funding etc and measuring your impact so I've been watching him for a long time a book that I've recently gone back to is Truth Grow Repeat by Mike Edmonds out of Perth and I read it a couple of years ago when it just came out but Recently, I guess in my role as chair and seeing how many new social enterprises are starting up that have left their corporate jobs and are looking for more purpose in designing social enterprise, I went back to this book because that's exactly who he's targeting and it's been really good to help me get into that headset again. And then I guess a long-term influencer for me has been the work of Hilary Cottam out of Scotland And she really does a lot of work to kind of reshape the way that the welfare system has worked for quite some time. Her latest book, The Radical Help and How We Can Remake the Relationships Between Us and Revolutionise the Welfare State, 
really talks about the benefits of social enterprise in that space in that you can design something that's very based on working directly with people and the social enterprise gives you that permission to not have to change the rules as funding or external government funding does, but to create your impact and solutions based around the social enterprise model and directly impacting those that you build close relationships with. So I'm a big fan of Hilary Cotton. Those are some fantastic recommendations for content and they'll all be linked in at the end of the article. So once the listeners have either listened to the podcast, they've read through the article, they'll be able to check all of those out. So thank you so much for recommending those. And I guess that brings us to the end of the interview. So I just want to say on behalf of Impact Boom, thank you so much for your generous insights and time today. And I'm looking forward to seeing all of your work in the future. Yeah, no problem. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, India. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.